shopping, just getting my nails done. I was the full set queen. Look at my hands now. If you're watching on YouTube, you see them. But, <sighs> baby, now to this day, I get my nails done, like, if I really, really want to or if a man wants to pay for them. But <laughs> other than that, I do not be getting my nails done like that because it is a sacrifice that I'm making. This episode was sponsored by Mainvest. Mainvest, oh my gosh, y'all. It is an app that I am completely in love with. And the reason why is because it allows you to invest in small businesses. Or should we say scaling businesses? Because I don't really like the idea of small because we're not putting nothing little, nothing small, anything like that in front of nothing that we're doing. But you get the clue. Businesses that are not as big as an Apple or as big as a Google or Amazon. Yes, you get to actually invest in these businesses. The thing is, though, when you invest in these businesses, you don't actually get equity in the business. It's almost like a loan to the business. So you'll get your money back plus interest. And you get to decide what small businesses that you actually want to invest in. So it is a great way to put your money in a place where you know for a fact you're going to get your money back plus interest. So you're not going to get equity in the business. Your money isn't going to grow because the company's money is growing. No, that's not how it works. Your money is going to grow as a result of them making money and them paying you back what you loaned them. So please, if you are interested in making a difference within our local business community, please make sure you check out Mainvest. And if you are a South Carolina entrepreneur and you want other people or regular retail investors like myself to invest in your business, please check out Mainvest. It is an amazing platform where not only South Carolinians can invest in your business, but retail investors all over the world can invest in your business and help you grow and scale and you know do what it is that you want to do without having to worry about the money aspect of it get your water and give some wine i should have had some wine with exposure execution and consistency there is nothing you can't do just keep planting Kiani, the responsible homegirl. Thank you so much for tuning in to my YouTube channel if you're watching on YouTube or the podcast, wherever you're listening, if you are enjoying our audio experience. Yeah, I am so excited. This is the first episode, the first of many. Um, I plan to release episodes every Wednesday and Friday. If I skip a Wednesday or a Friday, I need y'all to be on my neck. Like the responsible homegirl, you're not being responsible, sis. You're not keeping your word, sis. You're not showing up for us. We need you. So <laughs> I need y'all to be on my neck, just like I'm going to be on y'all neck when it comes to your personal finances. So I am creating a space where young adults can become financially responsible and wealth conscious. Like those two things are extremely important. So when we talk about becoming financially responsible, what that means to me is really making responsible financial decisions. Not just thinking about your temporary desires right now, what you can get that will satisfy you right now. No, you're thinking about how what financial decisions you make today can impact your tomorrow, can impact two weeks from now, two years from now, 20 years from now. So on this podcast, I want to take you all not only on my journey, but also share some stories with you that will encourage you to make responsible financial decisions. And the second thing, wealth conscious. 
when I think about being wealth conscious, it's deeper than the money. So I feel like the real wealth is things that we can't see, the things that we can't touch, like joy, peace, love, all of that good stuff. And yes, of course, I'll be tying in some money-related things to it, but money will mean absolutely nothing. Emphasis on the nothing, like absolutely nothing if you are not whole, if you are not being who God created you to be, and if you're not operating like in your excellence, in your identity. So on my podcast, I am going to be sharing a ton of financial education with you, and I'll be interviewing some super dope entrepreneurs who are building their wealth through business. And we're going to be tapping into their mindset. We're going to be tapping into their pockets. We're going to be tapping into their daily routines. Literally everything. So when I said this is a space for you to become financially responsible and wealth conscious, believe me like when I say so. And I have some great content in the works. So make sure you subscribe. Make sure you have downloaded the podcast. And yeah, I, I want you to get everything. So... Today, what I'm going to be talking about is becoming the responsible homegirl. So anytime that I'm hosting a workshop or a class or on live talking about my story, I always give y'all a little small piece of it. Really from college, my senior year in college and when I started struggling financially to boom where I am today. But I want to take it way back to even like high school days because Becoming the responsible homegirl, even though I experienced majority of like my financial struggles in 2019, three years ago, becoming the responsible homegirl started so long ago. And as I sit back and reflect on my journey, when they say God uses everything and works out everything together for your good, like that is the truth. That's the God honest truth. Sometimes being on the outside looking in, People may look at me and feel like, oh, I have it all together or it looks like I make it easy, but that's not true at all. Like I am the recovered, irresponsible homegirl. And I'm going to be very honest and transparent with y'all on my podcast because there is so much power in sharing your story because it shows people that one, they're not going through whatever they're going through alone. And two, if I can go through something and make it through it, you can too. I'm not special at all. Like, of course, I feel like, you know, I'm that girl, but <laughs> I'm not special. I'm not special. I fall down. I make mistakes. I do dumb stuff. I make irresponsible decisions, but it's all about learning the lesson and everything. I do not stay in victim mode. Point blank, period. I am not a victim of anything. And even if I victimize myself while I'm in a situation, I snap out of it because there is a lesson to be learned. So now let's get into today's episode, talking about becoming the responsible homegirl. So in high school, I was always that girl that was super duper smart, into my books, um, was very sneaky because my mama was strict. Like my mama had us on lockdown, okay? And I understand it was probably because of how she grew up and mistakes that she made and wanting us to avoid teenage pregnancy and so much stuff. But all of that impacted the way that I grew up. So in high school, of course I was sneaky because I wanted to do stuff, but if I came right out and asked my mama, she was not having that. She was not having that at all. But I was also that smart girl, so ambitious, 
had goals. I graduated number three in my class. When it came down to my senior year of college, I knew for a fact that I was going to go to college because at that time, I didn't think that I was just blessed or gifted with a skill. Like y'all know those people who are born knowing how to sing or how to do hair or how to draw, like different skills that you can monetize. At that time in my life, I felt like I didn't have that. So I needed to do something where I could use my brain because I was always good at school. So I knew for a fact that I was going to college. I applied for schools in South Carolina and out of South Carolina. My dream school was North Carolina a and I wanted to go to that school so bad, y'all. But <laughs> um, like I said, being in South Carolina and going to a school that's out of state, if you don't have scholarship money, like you might as well be prepared to pay double or triple the price. And I will never forget my senior year of high school. My mama told me, like, Kiani, I know you want to go to school, but I don't have no money to send you there. Period. And looking back on that time, that was the best thing that my mom could have told me because it put a fire underneath my behind. Like, it made me apply for scholarships morning, noon, and night. Like, having a student loan did not cross my mind. And to this day, I don't know why, and I thank God for it because I have no student loan debt. Hey, hey. But um, I had to work very hard my senior year to get scholarships. Did I get every scholarship I applied for? Absolutely not. But I got a whole lot of scholarships. And because I was getting all this free money, all this free money, my senior year, I had to make a decision. Am I going to go to a school that is giving me money and I'm getting money from the state of South Carolina and I apply for scholarships? And I can really like maximize my experience at the College of Charleston, or do I want to take out student loans and go to North Carolina AT? So I feel like in that moment, I made a responsible financial decision. I am going to go to a four-year college in state at CFC for free, for free, because I don't want to take out any student loans. And looking back, that was a huge deal because if I went to North Carolina A&T, granted, I would have had an amazing time, probably would have met great people, but I probably would have been in thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in student loan debt. So I decided to go to the College of Charleston, um, did not have to pay a dime to go there, thank God. Even when I got to school, I continued to apply for scholarships. So I was trying to figure out all ways where I could finesse the system. Oh, I can become an RA my freshman year? Okay, let me apply for that. Oh, they don't give me half off housing so I can get more money back? Oh, let me apply for that. Oh, this alumni scholarship came out? Let me apply for that. So, apply for scholarships, apply for scholarships, got them, got them, got them. And I was just, you know, carefree. Of course, I was still making good grades. I was working jobs. I really did not have anything to worry about financially until my senior year of college. So my senior year of college is when I thought it was going to be like, you know, this great idea to move off campus. And my mama was totally against it. She was like, Kiani, you have been staying on campus three years, three years prior. Why do you want to move off campus now? And in my head, I'm like, I want my own space. I don't want to have roommates. I mean, I still have roommates, but I don't know. You, you know when you are just in this phase of your life where you want to be grown, you want to grow up too fast. And I'm probably still in that stage, honestly, but I have learned throughout the years that 
making sacrifices is really key because it's very easy to do the thing that's going to instantly satisfy you, that's going to instantly bring you that pleasure or whatever. But if you just sacrifice, if you wait it out, the reward on the other side of that is so much greater. But back to the story, I decided to move off campus and I always tell y'all, I will receive anywhere between five and $7,000 in refund checks. So this was free money, free money. But the three years prior, when I'm not, when I'm not, when I didn't have my own apartment and when I was just living on campus, I had no bills for real. I did not have a car. I did not have rent. Did not have a light bill, a water bill, none of that. All I had was my phone bill that was $115. Oh my gosh. <laughs> if I could just go back to that time when I only had that one bill, $115. I literally just did whatever I wanted to do with money. I used to be going out to eat, buying my friends food, shopping, just getting my nails done. I was the full set queen. Look at my hands now. If you're watching on YouTube, you see them. But baby, now to this day, I get my nails done like if I really, really want to or if a man wants to pay for them. But other than that, I do not be getting my nails done like that because it is a sacrifice that I'm making. Like, I could easily spend 60 plus dollars once a month on getting my nails done. And that's on the very low end of the spectrum. But no, I'm sacrificing. But back to the story. Um, senior year of college, I'm still getting this refund check money between five dollars and $7,000. But now I have a new factor into my situation. The B word, bills. I now have rent. I now have a light bill. I have a car, so now I have a car payment. So all of these different things that I have to pay for, but before it was okay that I did not manage my money because I was just getting by, getting by, getting by, getting by because I had the money and I was working jobs. But this time, these bills, they come like clockwork. And in my mind, I was still doing a good job. Like, mm, I don't got nothing to worry about because my bills paid on time. I'm good. But here comes November of 2019 and I'm looking at my account preparing to pay my rent for December 1st and the money isn't there. So y'all, that feeling that I felt like, I can't even describe it. It was almost like a, what in the world? Like, are you for real? Like, girl, December 1st, like two weeks away and you don't have this $889. And these two jobs that you work in, you're not going to have the $889. So in that moment, I really realized that I had a problem. Even before doing the activities that I did, even before going through my big statements and seeing where, my, where I made mistakes and where my shortcomings were, like none of that mattered. In that moment when I was looking at my bank account and I did not have that $889 to pay my rent, I immediately thought that I was going to get evicted, like I was going to get kicked out. But thank God I did not get kicked out. And I just had to make a decision. Like, I am going to do something different because I cannot fathom me blowing $7,000 in four months. It just made absolutely no sense. No sense. So if you're listening to this and you have threw away more money than that, more than $7,000, blew $10,000 or $20,000 in a short amount of time, like, 
it can literally make you stick to your stomach. And if that doesn't trigger you to do something different, I honestly don't know what will. I don't know what will. But good thing is you're watching this for a reason. So hopefully my story can inspire you to do something different. So moving forward, after I realized that I did not have my rent money, I was like, okay, I have two decisions to make. Two decisions. One, I could either call my mama and ask her for this rent money. Of course, I believe that my mama would give it to me. Matter of fact, I know that my mama would give it to me. But I'm going to hear I told you so. I'm going to hear some curse words. I'm going to hear just all of this stuff that I don't want to hear because I'm already in my feelings and I'm already beating my own self up. The second thing I could do is really wait this thing out because I know I'm going to get another refund check in January. And I got about 30-ish days before this apartment complex started talking about eviction or whatever. And I could probably, you know, finesse the situation, talk to somebody. So I decided to go with the latter option. Because I did not want to hear my mom out. And I know that may look like pride. It may look like, oh, you got a big ego. But I don't care because me not deciding to call my mama as my safety net, that really made me the responsible homegirl. It really made me face my irresponsible financial decisions and to put myself in a place where I wouldn't be down bad like that again. If I was down bad, it was because of me doing something else, but not because of me making irresponsible financial decisions. So I put up my big statements. I had a white sheet of paper and I wrote down what I had coming in versus what I had leaving out. Now, mind you, I had the refund check, but the refund check was gone. I can't count that money. It's gone. And I don't know where it went to, but I don't have it. <laughs> so now all I can count is my part-time income from these two jobs that I'm making. So when I'm counting this income or putting this income down, I'm like, oh my gosh, it doesn't matter if I had this refund check or not. I'm living way above my means, way above my means. Because what I get on a bi-weekly basis is not even enough to take care of my rent. So I'm telling y'all by just doing that small activity, so much will be exposed. Make today your last day saying that you have money issues. You don't have money issues. You have management issues. This is exactly why I created my ebook called Lifestyle Budgeting. Lifestyle Budgeting is the perfect, perfect resource for anyone who is tired of living paycheck to paycheck, tired of missing out on trips and going out to eat and doing different things that you love to do because the money isn't there. If you're tired of your savings account looking super duper sad, you don't have any discipline, you need the lifestyle budgeting ebook, okay? So make sure you click the link below in the description box to purchase your copy. Also, use the discount code EXECUTE. Use that discount code, you get 10% off. Make sure you purchase the ebook and let's get back to the episode. And then from there, I was like, okay, I see the problem here. I need to quit both of these jobs because I'm not making enough money. I really triggered in my mindset, like, okay, Kiani, you're going to pretend like you're not getting a refund check. How are you going to work this next semester to take care of your bills? Because my lease was up in May. And then I want to get to that because God is so intentional. But how are you going to work so you can make sure that you're taken care of until your lease ends, whether or not you get a refund check? So I decided to quit both of my jobs. And I know that sounds crazy, but I did it anyway because I wasn't making enough money period. 
some of y'all, y'all need to do this exercise because y'all have been at these jobs for a year, two years, just comfortable, but you don't need to be there. You need to leave them high and dry because you're not making enough money. Make it make sense, okay? So I quit both jobs and now I got two new jobs. So I applied for a job at my apartment complex. The pay wasn't that grand, but they gave me a 20% off um, discount on my rent. So I'm like, okay, boom. My rent just went from $889 to $720. So that saved me money in a sense on a monthly basis. And then the second thing is I got a job at a hotel downtown Charleston. So Charleston is a very, very touristy area. So working at a hotel, you're going to get paid more than minimum wage. And I was not about to work for no $725. That was a no. So I think they paid me, it was either like $12 or $13. So in my mind, when I calculated the money, like if I um, got like 20 to like 30 hours per week, I was going to make enough money to take care of my necessities. So that's what I did. And just moving forward from there, I'm like, I am going to learn how to budget my money. I'm going to learn how money works because there is more to money than just making it, spending it, and barely saving it. Emphasis on the barely because I really was not saving a dime, right? So one of the first things that I did on my personal finance journey was reading. The first book I read was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Shout out to my, my ex, Boo. So <laughs> me and him, we, I want to say, mm, was this 2019 Christmas? It was probably 2019 Christmas, I think so. Um, that year, we bought each other Christmas gifts. And I was like, in addition to buying gifts, we need to start reading more. And I asked him to buy me the book, Becoming. Because I love Michelle Obama. Asked him to buy me that book. And he asked me to buy him Rich Dad Poor Dad. So I bought him Rich Dad Poor Dad. So now we on the phone. We talking about like the books that we reading. And he's giving me these little scripts from the Rich Dad Poor Dad book. And I'm like, wow. I need to be reading this book. Because I'm struggling financially. And I have made a commitment to myself to do better with my money. So what did I do? I bought the book. That's another thing. Who you have around you is so important because if y'all can't grow together, if y'all can't feed each other and pour into each other more than just being intimate with each other, then like you need to reevaluate what y'all got going on. But that's a whole nother, a whole nother conversation. But shout out to him because he really did introduce me to Rich Dad Poor Dad. So here comes January. I'm reading Rich Dad Poor Dad, reading Rich Dad Poor Dad. The book is super duper good. I started listening to different podcasts. The podcasts that I was listening to were like Earn Your Leisure, Millionaire Mindsets, I Don't Do Budgets, Black Wealth Renaissance. Shout out to all of them because early on in my journey, the way they talked about personal finance, they broke it down to the T. Like it just exposed my mind to so much. Like when I was in college, I had goals of earning $100,000 a year. Like, I went to school initially to be a dentist. <laughs> and this is off track, but I got to tell you this story. I wanted to be a dentist because I can remember in high school, I literally looked up jobs that said, I was like, high-earning high jobs or jobs that make six figures plus. And that's how I made my decisions because I know I'm a smart girl. If I want to apply my brain, if I apply myself to something, I can learn it. But it wasn't like I had a passion in dentistry or passion of being in the healthcare field like no that's not what it was 
then here comes getting introduced to biology and all of these natural sciences. I realized, okay, this is not for me. Mm -mm. Y'all, I passed bio 112 with a D. And when I tell y'all I was so proud of that D, I was proud of that D because I struggled very badly. But I share that story to say I had dreams of earning $100,000 in a year. But when I started listening to these different podcasts, they had black entrepreneurs on the podcast talking about how they made six figures in a month, how they made six figures in a day. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> what have I been doing with my life all of these years? And why am I just learning about this whole different world of wealth? So when I tell you exposure is key, exposure is key. When your mind gets exposed to something, like you're going to be changed forever. So shout out to all of those podcasts that really helped me early on in my journey and really helped me, you know, become financially responsible. So started listening to podcasts, Red Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Like I told y'all, I was working at this hotel and I was a concierge at the hotel. So a part of my job was I had to know what was going on in the downtown area because when we had guests coming in, they were asked for recommendations or different activities that they could do or whatever. So one day they took me or they made me take a carriage ride so I could have the experience of, you know, having a carriage ride downtown Charleston. So when guests come in, I can tell them about my experience. So this couple or one day I went on the carriage ride and I was sitting beside this couple and I can't remember how the conversation came up, but they were talking about how they were real estate investors and they were retired and that's all they do, blah, blah, blah. So now in my head, light bulb goes off and I'm like, I do not care. When this carriage ride ends, I'm going to introduce myself to them. I'm going to make my presence known because I need to connect with them. Shout out to my Aunt Mari. So <laughs> I, um, after the carriage ride was over, I went up to her. Her name is Mari. I introduced myself, told her that I was a college student and what they said intrigued me. And did she have any advice or any tips for somebody that's about to graduate from college and how they could build wealth? And she said, Kiani, for one, I'm proud of you for coming up to me because that takes courage. Now, the second thing I want you to do is go buy this book called The Automatic Millionaire. She said, I'm going to give you a month to read the book. After you read that book in a month, call me and we're going to have a conversation. So I was like, okay, cool. Like right up my alley. I'm going to order the book tonight. And she was like, put my number in your phone. Call me Aunt Mari. She gave me her number. Y'all, when I tell you that whole experience, it just lit me up. It lit me up. And from that day forward, I just said, anywhere I go and I hear somebody having a conversation or they look intriguing, like I'm going to reach out to them. Because you may think like you need money or you need this, you need that to kind of propel you forward, but that's not true. Are you building relationships with people? Are you putting yourself in a position to win? Now, I could have psyched myself out and said, oh no, I'm not going to introduce myself because I don't have that type of money or I don't know what I'm talking about. But no, I didn't do that. I don't care. Like I was so humble and I always have to remind myself of that story because we can literally get in our own way. We can stop our own selves from progressing and moving forward. So I read the book, The Automatic Millionaire. I would highly suggest y'all to check it out as well because 
it opens your mind about compound interest and why it's so important to start investing early and getting back to like i said earlier getting those responsible financial decisions like when it comes down to the basics like rich dad poor dad and the automatic millionaire those books gave me my foundation so shout out to upmari thank you so much for taking the time out with me um and yeah that that story really it really changed me and it really molded me and helped me grow into the responsible home girl so now i'm moving forward so March of 2019, boom. No, is this 2019? Oh, no, 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 no. This is 2020. So March of 2020, we are experiencing a global pandemic. So my school is like, after spring break, y'all don't have to come back. Y'all can stay where y'all at. Everything is going fully remote. We are not coming in person because we don't know what's going on with this coronavirus. So... I'm reading all of these books and I am listening to all these podcasts, watching YouTube chant, watching YouTube videos. And I'm like, okay, if we don't have to come back, I don't need to be in Charleston. I don't need to be in Charleston because I'm paying this $889 to have a place for me that's convenient for me to go to class. But because now class is completely remote, I don't need to be here. So now I'm trying to figure out ways in which I can get out of my lease. Because if I can get out of my lease, baby, it's a wrap. It's over. Like, yeah, I have lost those jobs and I get to say goodbye to them. But I have also lost almost $1,000 in monthly expenses. So let me figure this out. So at first, I'm digging, 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 going through my lease, going through my lease, seeing if there are any loopholes in which I can get out of this lease. No loopholes, no loopholes. I'm like looking up stuff online. How can I get out my lease? How can I get out my lease? So one day I'm talking to my friend Mason, shout out to him. And he used to work at this apartment complex. And he says, well, Key, you know, when I studied abroad, I got out of my lease because I was an employee there. So I'm like, mm, tell me more. <laughs> here now so if you got out your lease I'm sure that I can get out of my lease so let me just try so I went talked to my manager pulled the same card that Mason was telling me about and thank God my manager he let me out my lease so because I quit my job I now got out of my lease like I could go into detail about that but y'all I promise you it's not important I shared that story because God is so intentional. Like, I did not know months prior that we were going to get hit by a global pandemic. That basically my senior year would be cut short. But because I got that job, like, if I was not working at my apartment complex, there was going to be no way that I could get out my lease without having to pay them, still pay them rent. But because I was hired as an employee, I got out of my lease and I did not have to pay them a dime moving forward. And I could not thank nobody for that but God. And to this day, I'm like, oh my gosh, like this has helped me so much financially. Because even at the hotel, when the pandemic happened, they were letting people go left and right, left and right. And remember, I told y'all 
I was making more money at the hotel than I was making at the apartment complex. But the good thing about the apartment complex was I got a discount on my rent. So it was just like everything was working out for me. Everything was working out. So I got out the lease. I moved home back to King Street the day before my birthday, April 23rd, 2020. I'll never forget it. And from that day, I'm like, okay, I'm going to finish out my school, my final exams, everything. I had already started applying for different jobs. Had not heard nothing back yet, but I was just going to still, you know, continue to show up and apply for different things, right? So I'm at home applying for jobs. Really did not want to move, but I was okay with moving. So I graduated with a degree in public health. And my dream was, or not really my dream, um, but what I really wanted to do out after I graduated from college was to become a healthcare consultant because I like the lifestyle of them traveling different places, working with different big businesses and coming in, you know, really just doing different things, but guiding them within healthcare. So that was one route. I could become a healthcare consultant. The second route was me go back to grad school. So I went, um, so I started applying for all of these different roles as a consultant with the big four, was getting denied left and right, left and right, left and right. And I'm like, do these people not know who I am? Clearly, clearly somebody has not done their research <laughs> because why are y'all not hiring me? But even that in itself, is a lesson of why I did not get hired with those jobs, but I'm gonna come back to that. The second thing was grad school. So on this personal finance journey, I'm learning all of this, all of these different things about student loan debt and graduate school and working to learn, not working for money and just different stuff. And I had to get real with myself, like, Kiani, why are you doing this? Why grad school? Are you going to grad school just because they say whoever they is, they say it's the thing to do. Are you going to grad school because you think with your master's degree, you're going to make more money? These are all questions that I'm asking myself. So as I'm asking myself different questions and my answers are literally like crickets, null and void, or don't make any sense, I made a decision like I'm not going to grad school. I'm not doing it. And I had already applied. I had already went on interviews. I had already got accepted. And one school, UNC Chapel Hill, they offered me a $12,000 scholarship. And I mean, that was all good and dandy. I was very grateful. But $12,000 compared to my $60,000 tuition for being an out-of-state student, it's a no for me. It's a no for me. So as I am getting enlightened by different financial stuff, I had to make my decision match. So now circling back around, I'm still looking for jobs, still applying for different jobs. And I applied for this job with AmeriCorps, um, which was a part of their financial stability program. And the job, it was not making a lot of money at all. Like if you go back and watch my first YouTube, my very first YouTube video, I'll talk more about the position. But I really got that job because the book, uh, or the chapter in the book, Rich Dad Poor Dad, Work to Learn, Don't Work for Money, that immediately came to mind. Because what I could learn from the position, that kind of lighted me up more than what I could earn from the what I could earn from the position. But still didn't stay there long. Um, <laughs> still didn't stay there very long. But you know, it was a part of my journey. I'm all over the place, but y'all gonna get this story.
Moving home April 23rd, I had already had the idea planted in my mind that I was going to create an Instagram page dedicated to teaching people what I had been learning. So the name of that page was called Go Grind Grow. I know that's a mouthful, but I'm gonna say it again. Go Grind Grow. And in my head, those three words um, kind of encompass what I was going through at a time. Like go, you gotta just start grind you gotta put the work in and grow throughout the process you're going to grow right and it was a hit people were gravitating towards my content they were loving it it was good but as i am growing financially i am also growing spiritually and i read this bible plan called grace over grind and that totally changed everything with how i view entrepreneurship how i view my day-to-day -day, just everything and I felt God tugging on me, telling me, you need to change the name of your business. You need to change the name of your business. You need to change the name of your business. And I told some people around me, like, what was going on. Some people were for it. Some people were not. Some people were like, oh, I love the name Go Grind Girl. Like, keep it. But when God tells you to do something, you can't let people talk you out of what he already told you to do. Point blank, period. So I took off, I probably took off like maybe a month or so. I think I, probably a month, but anyways, or maybe two months. I know I took some time off from producing content, creating content, and I just wanted to get clear on why I was showing up, who I was showing up for, and what a new name would be. So in that time, I was doing a little worksheet. And the worksheet said, how do you want people to view you? How do you want people to view your business? And boom, immediately, the responsible homegirl came up. It came so effortless, y'all. Like, prior to doing that activity, I was praying to God. And I was looking up different words in the dictionary. Just trying to figure out a creative name. But when I answered that one question, how do you want people to view you? Oh, I want people to review, view me as the responsible homegirl. Because I'm no money expert. I'm no finance guru. None of that. I am just your homegirl who happens to know a little bit more about money than you do. And I take my time, I learn more about financial concepts, learn more about building wealth, learn more about entrepreneurship, and I'm bringing it back to you because I'm your responsible homegirl, period. So November 7th of 2020, I did a relaunch, I did a rebrand, and then boom, the responsible homegirl. And people are loving it. And the time and the energy that it took to really build up the responsible home girl, of course it took a lot of work. And I still have not seen all of you know the fruits of my labor, but it doesn't matter. I'm still sowing seeds, still sowing seeds, still showing up because that's what matters. What warms me up is when I'm out in public and people call me the responsible home girl. <laughs> it's so funny to me because the responsible home girl, it is who I am. But it's also the name of my business. So the fact that people associate Kiani Epps with the responsible homegirl, it lets me know that you're paying attention. Whether you like something, whether you share something, whether you actually consume the content or not, you know who I am. And you know what the responsible homegirl is about. Period. Okay? <laughs> so I know that this was a very long-winded story of becoming... The responsible homegirl and honestly I could talk about so much more 
so much more stuff just about my spiritual journey as well um how i made different changes in my life because none of this stuff is exclusive all of this stuff happens cohesively period as i started seeking god more as i started to really understand that i am not what i do outside of the responsible home girl outside of having a job outside of a degree outside of all of these labels that people put on us who are you who are you so when i realized that I'm a child of God. I'm God's masterpiece. And I need to really feed my mind with what he says and who he says I am. Everything else is different. Everything else. I don't have to keep up with the Joneses. I don't have to buy this and buy that and do all of these things that or really make irresponsible financial decisions that put people in bad situations. So when I tell you all of this stuff is interconnected, it really is, y'all. And I'm very excited about this podcast because, like I said before, this is going to be the space where you become financially responsible and wealth conscious, period. It's about the money, but it's not about the money. I hope that makes sense. It's about the money, but it's also not about the money. And as your responsible homegirl, I'm going to be giving you the real. I'm going to be giving you everything everything i'm not sugarcoating nothing with y'all the things that i struggle with i'm going to be sharing it with y'all the things that i find hard the things that have helped me on my journey that can help you on your journey i'm going to be sharing all of the tea all of the tea so if you have made it this far in listening to the podcast or watching the youtube video i really do appreciate you and i hope that you have taken some sort of gem out of this that can really help you and ignite the fire up under you ignite the fire up under you because if you want to live the life of your dreams do things different than what people in your family have done before it all starts with you you have to make the decision to change period you have to make the decision to change and although you're here for financial education and you're going to get a whole lot of it a whole lot of it you're going to get stuff that really changes your mindset, changes your spirit and your soul, because all of that, everything starts with your mind. Everything starts with your mind. So I appreciate you all for tuning in, for listening to me talk about becoming the responsible homegirl, because honey, it has definitely been a journey and it's still a journey. And I look forward to sharing more of my story with y'all. Always remember with exposure, execution and consistency there is nothing you can't do with exposure execution and consistency there is nothing you can't do so see y'all on friday for friday's episode tune back in make sure you are subscribed to the youtube channel if you are watching on youtube or you have downloaded the podcast wherever you listen in at bye y'all this episode was sponsored by mainvest Main Vest, oh my gosh, y'all. It is an app that I am completely in love with. And the reason why is because it allows you to invest in small businesses. Or should we say scaling businesses? Because I don't really like the idea of small because we're not putting nothing little, nothing small, anything like that in front of nothing that we're doing. But you get the clue. Businesses that are not as big as an Apple or as big as uh google or amazon yes you get to actually invest in these businesses 
The thing is though, when you invest in these businesses, you don't actually get equity in the business. It's almost like a loan to the business. So you'll get your money back plus interest. And you get to decide what small businesses that you actually want to invest in. So it is a great way to put your money in a place where you know for a fact you're going to get your money back plus interest. So you're not going to get equity in the business. Your money isn't going to grow because the company's money is growing. No, that's not how it works. Your money is going to grow as a result of them making money and them paying you back what you loaned them. So please, if you are interested in making a difference within our local business community, please make sure you check out Main Invest. And if you are a South Carolina entrepreneur and you want other people or regular retail investors like myself to invest in your business, please check out Main Invest. It is an amazing platform where not only South Carolinians can invest in your business, but retail investors all over the world can invest in your business and help you grow and scale and, you know, do what it is that you want to do without having to worry about the money aspect of it. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode and I will catch you all next time.